We are going to energize the country. Stop Brexit. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Seamus and not sure this is a great idea. Hello and welcome to the Debated Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Will. And in this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by a member of the Labour Party uh, who's also involved with Hope Not Hate and the um, West Midlands Strategic Policing and Crime Board. And he's also standing for the uh, National Executive Committee of the Labour Party. It's Gurinder Singh Jassan. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Will. Thank you for having me on. Um, so, to begin with, uh, first of all, I'd like to ask, uh, what did you think of the uh, result of the recent general election? Uh, disappointing. Uh, probably an understatement. Um, I think everybody in the Labour Party, uh, you know, we, we joined the party because we have believed and we want to see uh, change in our community for the better. Uh, and we want to see policies implemented that we believe in, that we believe will make things better for people around us. Um, and, but we also know that the only way we can do that is by winning a general election. So to have our fourth general election defeat on, on the trot is, is very disappointing. It just means that for another five years, um, we can talk about things, we can discuss things, we can, uh, our parliamentarians can oppose the government, but actually we're not in a position to implement the change that we know so desperately needed in our communities. Do you think that there was one particular uh, reason behind the defeat, or do you think it was a, a mixture of factors that, that resulted in the defeat? I think there was a mixture of factors. I, I think anybody said it's one particular thing, um, um, hasn't been out on the doorstep much. Um, I think clearly Brexit uh, was 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 a problem for us, um, and I think a problem for us in different ways in different places. Um, the position in terms of our leader and and people's view of Jeremy Corbyn was a problem with many people, um, but I think there are also some other factors as well, um, and that um, Labour Party hasn't perhaps recognised and uh, understood the, the the change within our communities and certainly within some of our heartland communities over the years and how that has now affected uh, uh, our, our support at the, at the, at the ballot box. Um, now, of course, the uh, l uh, leadership campaign uh, for the Labour Party is underway now. We've had uh, hostings and we've had candidates announcing and some candidates uh, dropping out. What are your thoughts on the candidates in general terms? Is there a particular candidate you're considering backing? What are your thoughts on the campaign so far? I, I think it's been an interesting campaign. I think there's been a broad cross-section of views put forward by different candidates. Um, and, I, and I think that, and that's welcome. Um, i I, I, I would not want to support anybody who comes across as continuity in terms of what, what, what we're doing currently. Um, I don't think that helps. I think there has to be a recognition that there's got to be some fundamental uh, thinking going on uh, and some real changes, both in terms of our offer, but also in terms of our organisation as well. Um, and that, that, that has to be crucial. So, um, well... I, I, I was being from the West Midlands. I was interested uh, with uh, Jess Phillips' candidate candidacy, 
I thought there was somebody there who actually spoke to a section of the communities out there that we, we, we do need to engage with um, um, and uh, was, was somebody who actually uh, was able to speak out in a way and, and connect with people in a way in this, in this age of media uh, that, 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 that is helpful. Um, uh, so I thought her candidacy was, was very interesting. I also think Lisa Nandy is speaking to, um, uh, she's speaking about a cross-section of voters um, that we, we, we perhaps haven't given much consideration to in recent times. Um, so I, I, overall, my, my, I'm, I'm reluctant to don't go with a anybody who continuity uh, and, and that at the moment it looks more than out of all of them, uh, like Rebecca Long-Bailey, both in terms of her support base, but also some of the things he's saying and some of the things her supporters are saying as well. Um, so I, I, I think I'll, I'll certainly be voting, giving a vote to Lisa Nandy and Claire Starmer and Emily Formbury, but I'm not sure which order at the moment. That's the bit I'm decided on. And, and, and I think in this election, the transfers are going to be crucial. I think this is, um, despite what the polls are saying, I think this is going to be quite close, um, and the transfers are going to be really important. Um, what are your thoughts on the deputy leadership contest? Because, of course, we're having uh, in the, the Labour Party seeing a, a deputy leadership battle at the moment. Were there any particular candidates that you thought stood out from the field to you? Well, again, I, I'm, I'm quite impressed by the, uh, the diverse kind of... Um, uh, political kind of background of, of the candidates. I'm really pleased with that. I'm pleased that we've got BAME candidates as well, um, uh, because at one point it looked like we were going to have uh, BAME candidates. Um, I, I, I mean, th 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 there's some of them stand out for different reasons. Ian Murray stands out. Um, he's, you know, our sole Labour MP in Scotland for the second time now, and he won with a good majority this time. Um, and, you know, th there, there's something to be said about. Um, having somebody who knows how to win elections when all else around them are, are doing that. There, there's, you know, in terms of the role of the deputy leader, in terms of our party's organisation, there, there's something to be said for that. Um, and also something to be said for kind of connecting with those parts of the UK, which we absolutely need to win to form a general election. So without winning uh, seats in Scotland, we can't, it's very difficult for Labour to, to, win, uh, to, to, to win a majority in the UK Parliament. So there's something to be said for that. Um, uh, Rasin Alin Khan, really a fresh face and some, somebody who's, who's talking about things in, in a very different way from, from BAME background, um, but again, a very different kind of BAME perspective as well. I've been quite impressed by some of the stuff she's been saying. Um, Angela Rayner seemed to be um, uh, seemed to be much ahead of everybody else at the moment in terms of the deputy leadership. Um, but again, I'd be a little bit worried about the continuity aspect. Uh, I think there needs to be some change. Um, but I, I, I think you know, as the campaign's going on, we're seeing her kind of um, emphasising her independence more than more than anything else. So um, yeah. Those are the kind of things that stand out for me. Um, speaking of uh, the potential for change and uh, of continuity, uh, one of the things that some people felt perhaps was an issue in this campaign for the Labour Party was the manifesto. Were there any particular policies that you think, on reflection, shouldn't have been in the manifesto? Or do you think that there were some policies that needed to be highlighted more, that would have attracted more people? What are your feelings on that subject? 
I think we had, I think overall we had a good manifesto. Like, like in 2017, there's not much in the manifesto that I disagree with. Uh, and, and, and I don't think there's, there's, there's many Labour Party members who would disagree with much in the manifesto. I think where we lacked was an overall kind of narrative which actually simplified the message for, 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 for voters out there. Because Labour Party members, those of us who are activists, you know, we would pick up that, that, that document or we would download it online and we would actually wade through it and read it and, and understand it. But actually voters won't do that. And we're relying on um, campaigning methods and we're relying on media to get our message out. And, and having a long document with lots of policies in there isn't conducive to that. There has to be an underlying narrative and there has to be um, some key messages that, that stand out. So, you know, the Conservatives did it really well with their message on Brexit. Um, and, and I think that's where we failed. I think the other thing which has been picked up by a lot of people is that adding things on as the campaign went on, just just didn't seem right. You know, you've gone through a process, you've agreed your manifesto, and now you're saying you're going to do this, and now you're saying you're going to do that. It just didn't sound uh, plausible. And I think for for an electorate that was sceptical, um, for a, a conservative message that was striking home with a lot of our core voters, that then just showed, it just gave people the easy option to say, well, actually, we can't trust Labour. There's some don't add up, actually. When, you know, when, when the reverse could have been the, the truth. Um, and I think that, 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 that's where we went wrong. And I think the, going forward, we really do need to look at what is our core purpose for being? What is our core message? What is our core offer uh, to voters out there? And it's not something you can define in one word, but it's also, it has to be, it has to be something short and it has to be something that can be gotten across in, in, in current modern day campaigning methods. Do you think going forward then that the Labour Party has to focus more on the way it communicates in so much as that, as you mentioned, um, modern methods of campaigning, which include Twitter, Facebook, that sort of thing. Do you think that there has to be more emphasis placed on that, the manner of communication, than there has been in the past few years? I think we've got to be live to the, the fact that, you know, campaigning is changing over time. Now, I'm fully one of those people um, who absolutely believes that the best form of campaigning is direct contact with voters and talking to them face to face on the doorstep and, you know, uh, and, and speaking to them directly. It's something I love doing. So it's something which I think has the best results. Um, but, you know, people, not everybody is of that view and, 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 um, and not everybody has the time to spend standing on their talk, doorstep talking to a campaigner or an activist from a party. And people do get their news and views in different ways. So, um, it's, it's important and, and part of, you know, the Labour Party's overall organisation and our strategy is, is we need to understand how things are changing over time and we need to be doing uh, we need to be working out how best to get our message across within within all those all those methods. I don't think I don't think there's there, I don't think there's a silver bullet. That, you know, this is what we fail to do, and this is what we need to do next time. But we do need to understand it better, and we do need to um, we need to make sure that our resources are put in the right place. We need to make sure um, that, uh, that the message is, is consistent and is, is, is appropriate for, for the media and the campaigning method we're using. And we need to make sure that we've got the skills and talent within 
our, uh, and we have within our activist base to be able to uh, make use of all those things. Um, just moving uh, now on to uh, your campaign to be elected to the NEC, um, you've uh, previously um, stood for the NEC. Is there anything that you're going to be doing uh, this time uh, in standing uh, that will be different from uh, your previous attempts to be elected? It, 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 this is a by-election, and it's not something that was on the, on, you know, it's not something I'd planned to stand in, but um, kind of decided quite late, actually, I will do it. Um, I stood the previous two times, um, and there were much longer campaigns. So this time, and, and, and there was much more interest as well, particularly on social media and stuff, and, and a lot more people contacting me, even at this stage of the previous campaigns, asking my views on certain things. But at, at, in this one, it seemed to be that all the bandwidth has been taken up by the leadership campaign. And then you can perhaps understand that. Um, uh, in terms of what, I mean, I've, 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 I've been putting out some more information about what my views are on some of the issues we've already discussed about the general election, what went wrong, but also what we need to do going forward. Um, yeah, and, and some of my views in relation to things like anti-Semitism in terms of, uh, in terms of the complaint stealing of the, uh, the processes of the party, um, in terms of where I think organisation is deficient. And, and, and that's something I've concentrated on in previous uh, NEC campaigns. Mm-hmm. We've put forward ideas about how I think the party can change um, uh, its, its, its organisation to, in, in a number of ways, in, in, in terms of policy making, in terms of engaging with members, in terms of retaining members, uh, also recruiting, um, in a whole host of ways. We, we need to we need to constantly be refreshing ourselves because the environment out there is changing all the time, um, and we need to reflect that. Um, now you mentioned um, anti-Semitism, of course, that is something that has uh, dogged the Labour Party for the past few years and has been a, a, a real problem both internally and externally. Um, what do you think is going to be the best method to exercise this issue or to deal with this issue in a way that ensures that anti-Semitism is not a part of the Labour Party going forward? I think there's, I mean, there's two things on the horizon. I, I don't hope, hold any hope that the current leadership or the current NEC will resolve this issue. They haven't up to now, um, and they've, they've, they've left us in a situation we're in. So the two things on the horizon, one is we're going to have a new leadership and we're going to have a, uh, a, a determination at some point by the Equality Human Rights Commission um, about the, uh, the, the investigation there looking at in, 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 into the Labour Party. So those two things are going to be key. Ultimately, it is absolutely disgraceful that the Labour Party is in the, in the situation we are in. Yeah? There is no play for racism of any kind. There is no, there, there is, you know, absolutely not. And, and, and with my, um, uh, we're coming from BAME community, with my activism in terms of hope and hate and, and other things, it's, it's absolutely dis- disgusting that we're in this situation. Um, and I think the fundamental thing is you have to have a very clear no-tolerance policy about anti-Semitism and, and about any kind of racism. Yeah, that's the first thing. And then you have to implement it and you have to police it. Yeah, you cannot give any mixed messages mm. in things like this. You cannot, political expediency cannot come in the way that this has to, 
you know, you, you cannot sacrifice equalities on the altar of factional purity. It just cannot be allowed. It's just because somebody might be of your political viewpoint, they, they cannot be allowed to get away with some of the things we've, we've been seeing in the party. And it doesn't take a long time to make these judgments. If, 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 if that's your, you know, part of the problem being is the, the, the number of, and the scale of complaints that the party is having to deal with. Well, why did we allow it to get that big? Why didn't we send a very clear message right to the beginning? So actually, people who who had anti-Semitic views and thought, and, and they've always existed, yeah? but we've kind of given the message that actually it's okay to be anti-Semitic in the Labour Party, mm. and that's, that's how it's been allowed to proliferate, and it's been allowed to be done in the name of the leader and, and of, of left-wing politics, and and ultimately, that's where it's, the, 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 the strong message has to come from there. And, it, you know, it's, it's absolutely unforgivable within this situation. And, and, and I've seen some of the abuse that some of our excellent MPs, particularly female MPs, Jewish female MPs, have had faced. It's, 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 it's just it's, it's fundamentally wrong. Um, and for the party to not dealt with it, it's just, it's just unforgivable. Um, to what extent do you think that the current NEC has been involved in not fully doing their job? I mean, do you think it's down to them, the issue, or do you think it's down to the leadership or a combination? What, what do you think is the, is the core root of why this issue hasn't been dealt with sooner? I think it's both. I think it's, it's you know, the, there had to have been a clear message from the leader, um, but also the NEC is, is the body that's in charge of putting processes and, and in place and overseeing new things. Yeah, um, and actually, I think there's too many people. Uh, uh, the, the, the NEC at the moment is, is serving a political purpose for the leader, um, and is more interested in, in doing that than deal, dealing with the issue of anti-Semitism. If if it was serious about dealing with the issue of anti-Semitism, then it could have done so a long time ago. Um, just moving on, uh, what would be your main priorities if you were elected to the NEC? So I think we, we need to we need to understand the lessons of this general election defeat and, and, and our fourth general election defeat. We need to understand that, and we need to work out a. a proper plan in terms of how we get back to a position or how we're going to win in five years' time. Um, but actually, if you say in the media, then we've actually got, we haven't got five years. We've got, we've got what is it, three months total local elections in the West Midlands deal. We've got the West Midlands mayoral election. We've got police and crime commissioner elections. We've got uh, LGA elections in London. It, it's, 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 you know, we've got elections uh, in May. Um, so we haven't got a lot of time to put things right. Um, we cannot afford to be in a situation where on the back of our fourth general election defeat, we now have a whole swathe of local councillors and activists um, turfed out of uh, th th their positions as well. Because, you know, local councillors are the backbone of our activist base and, 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 and everything we do. Um, we, we can't allow that to happen. So that has to be the immediate priority. What, what thing do we need to put in place to ensure that in May our candidates up and down the country have the best chance of re-election? 
And then we have to learn, we have to learn the, the, the lessons of this debate. We've got to look at our organisation, we've got to look at our policy making, um, and we've got to look at you know, things like selections. We, we need to, we need to have an understanding as a party exactly what, what, what where, where does the, where, where does, what does a, a, a democratic party, how do we do selections right? Now, just prior to this general election, um, whatever day the general election was called, the weeks and months running up to that, the party knew a general election was on the cards. But what did we do? We spent it having uh, divisive trigger ballots and, and, and deselection campaigns up and down the country in Asich where we should have been focusing on getting our message out and getting on the doorstep. We knew there was a general election around the corner. We should have been focused on that and instead we, we were voting on internal battle. We really have to get our focus back on the the key point, you know, our priority to win a general election. If we can't win a general election, we can't bring about the change we need to, to make. Um, just moving on uh, to the subject of Brexit, for many people, uh, Brexit seems to be something that is it's done, it's uh, finalised, it's going to be happening. But of course, we've got trade negotiations that will be going on uh, throughout this year. What are your thoughts on positions that the Labour Party should take regarding these trade negotiations? And what are your general feelings about Brexit in general? So I campaign for Remain. I still believe that remaining in the European Union is the best thing for the, the UK uh, for a whole number of reasons. Um, I, that, that's what I campaigned for. That's, that's how I voted. But I also recognise that state after that actually... We ended up in a situation after the referendum where the Labour Party had large numbers of MPs representing constituencies that voted both Leave and voted Remain. Yeah, and that was that was a, a very difficult situation. Um, and whereas the Conservatives had, had a very you know, Leave uh, bias to their MPs, um, Labour was 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 divided. But there was also another situation that. Actually, Labour wasn't in government. We weren't doing the negotiations. We weren't able to win a vote in Parliament. Actually, we had no real control or say in, in the process of what was going to happen. And if you look at Parliament now, we're, we're not in government. We're not involved in the negotiations. And yet, and the, the Conservative majority now will make sure that whatever Boris Johnson wants to negotiate, he will pass through Parliament, and, and that, will, that, will, that, that will be where we're going. So we can either we, we have a choice. We can either just play politics and, and, and um, uh, make noise and just and, and just to oppose what, what he's doing for the sake of opposing it, or actually, I think the bigger issue for us is actually. We need to be getting out into our heartland and we need to be understanding why people in our in, in Labour voting seats, a uh, seat which have always voted Labour, then voted uh, Leave and, and, and voted for the Conservatives, or why people in, who have always voted Labour voted Remain and then turned to a Liberal Democrat or whoever. Yeah, we need to understand that. We need to, need to make that connection, and we need to be having the conversations that, in those communities, are really important to those people. So, if people who are um, from generations and generations voting Labour suddenly turned off by Labour because of things like immigration, well, we need to be talking to them about that. 
And we need to be understanding their concerns and we need to be reassuring them. And we need to, we need to make sure that our policies reflect the concern to the people out there. Um, and that's the bit we haven't done. Um, and I think if we had done that better straight after the referendum, then we wouldn't have got triangulated in all these seats. Yeah? And we would have retained our connection with, with voters in those seats. But even now, that is something we absolutely must do. We, you know, we, we, we have to understand if the, if, if the so-called red wall has fallen, yeah, well, we need to understand why it fell. And, you know, the, 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 the concerns in one seat are not the same concerns in another. Um, um, and we need to, we need to understand that. But we also need to be clear about, um, what their concerns are, what made them vote in that way. Yeah. And what do we need to do as a, as a national party to reflect that within our narrative? Uh, we're coming towards the end of the podcast. It's been great to have you on, Gurinder. I'd be delighted to have you on again any other uh, time you'd like to come on. That's been fantastic. Well, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it as well. I think one of the things I've, I've, I've learned over the last two times of running for the NEC is actually the best bit is going out there, talking to members, talking about ideas and and, and, and just engaging with members so I'm mm. really grateful for this opportunity It's not a problem uh, and I'd like to ask just uh, one final question um, not very long ago a couple of days ago uh, Terry Jones who was of course a member of Monty Python sadly died and I wondered do you have a uh, favourite Monty Python moment or do you have a favourite uh, comic moment or, or, or TV series that uh, makes you chuckle whenever you think of it um, a favourite. Oh gosh, we, I mean, there, there, there's so much of them there, and, and there's so much that him and the other Monty Python, you know, they, they, they that team that came together and created those those sketches, it, it, was, it was unique, um, and they played off the strengths of each other. Um, and I just think, you know, we're, we're I think two of them are gone now, mm. and it's, you know, they're a national institution. I think we haven't recognised them as much as we should have done. I'd, I'd struggle to say one favourite, but you know you, 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 can, you can watch that even today. And my, my son, he, he, he was, he was um, over the Christmas, he actually watched it, uh, and and he was in, in fits of laughter. It's timeless, it's, it's just amazing. So I, I wouldn't pick out one favourite, but it's just the whole thing, you know, with, with the Monty Python sketch. But also a lot of the other stuff that those those people did was, was just amazing work. I think that is something that I certainly agree with and I think most of uh, our listeners would do. Thanks once again for coming on. Thank you, Will. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Don't forget that you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean or YouTube. You can follow us at Debated Podcast on Twitter, like us, Debated Podcast on Facebook. And if you want to email us, either about appearing or making a comment or reaction to the episode you've heard, or any other episodes, then email us, thedebatedpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. I hope you listen to the next one.